The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. As a special thanks to all of our patrons, we are giving away one item from the Professional Casual Network store at teespring.com slash stores slash professional casual. All you have to do to enter is be a patron. That can be as little as a dollar a month, and every month we will give away an item of your choice from the store. Follow us at patreon.com slash professional casual. Hey there, and welcome to season three of The Space Between Presents, Chick Machines Down. I'm your host, Danny, and joining me, returning from seasons one and two, are America's sweetheart, Tim France. <coughs> hey. Hi. And Argentina's falafel sauce, Sarah Burns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, hi. Hi. I don't know if they <laughs> actually eat falafel That was cute. They don't make falafel. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it makes you extra special. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from the Professional Casual Network's own Elite Eight Showdown, we have Big Chuck joining us for this season. Oh hey! What's up? Oh hey! Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this so is happy uh, to have you. It only got, took three months of ignoring all your suggestions yeah, on Discord. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's in here. that's uh, reasonable. It's fair. <laughs> you know, I would say it was a quantity over quality. Of I was just throwing. I was like, hey, here's this documentary about lizard people. Hey, here's this documentary about a woman who fell in love with a uh, Bigfoot. Hey, here's this documentary <laughs> about uh, Nazis. I mean, whatever you want, man. Yeah, we I definitely mean, still need to do lizard people. One of my favorite conspiracy theories yes. um it's also really important that we had canceled the show it was done it was over and then on a lead showdown charlie started referring to the show as the flagship show of the network so <laughs> we brought her back yeah yeah that's fair so you really i've got to thank you because it's it's my show that you saved uh-huh. from the that's clutches of i mean death. i kept doing it and then he looked at me and he just goes like don't don't <laughs> say it anymore i go okay so it's the flagship show that's not actually the flagship show that's no, now the flagship show not. got it cool yeah. yeah so for season three we're doing a deep dive of the six-part series mcmillions uh it was on netflix but now it's on hbo yeah so you know you can get it, it was there. on hbo initially and then okay. during um the pandemic uh hulu put a whole ton of stuff on or HBO put a whole ton of stuff on Hulu for free. Yeah. So it was part of that. Gotcha. And now it's back gotcha. in its home yeah. box office. Yeah. And it's uh, it's available <laughs> on HBO Max, not a sponsor, but really should be because we promote the shit out of those good, over at Elite yeah, Showdown. Um, but it's good. I mean, seriously, though, 15 bucks and you get like crazy amount of stuff over there it's a that lot nobody's of watching. Yeah. The, my issue with it is that it has Big Bang Theory on it and I will never spend any money that could potentially be construed as supporting Big Bang Theory. Yeah. It's really funny. I get that. So this season, uh, like I said, we're doing McMillions and it's all about the McDonald's Monopoly scandal. So that's... That's going to be. Oh, is it my turn to take over? You can take okay. over if you want. So ultimately, the reason I'm taking over is because I have a background in marketing. Um, I didn't go to school for marketing, but I'm in it. <laughs> so here's the um, thing. We all know right? you can be a pro at something without having gone to school. For That's it. true. School's yeah. for fools. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Sorry. We just, I was like, I don't know when to respond to that. I guess so. Maybe. <clears throat> before we get started, before I totally turn this over, yeah. um, let's talk about our. Um, I used to work at McDonald's back oh, in the day. Okay. One and of my it, first jobs was at McDonald's. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. it really yeah. all of you? My first, well, my first job was a janitor in my elementary school in the summer. That's awesome. 
scraping yeah. boogers off of chairs. Yeah. A couple summers during yeah, college. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was, I contributed to a lot of those boogers. Thank so. you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I, my first retail job, though, was... Um, Macy's. So, did you mm. ever work in any fast food? Mm-mm, I refused. Yeah, it's the fucking way. <laughs> yeah, I did it not. Really I was like, sucks. "There's no way, mom." I was like, "Mom yeah. and dad, I'm not doing." It. I was like, "I'll work any retail job. I'll scrape yeah. boogers off of chairs all day." I would, I would rather. Have done yeah, that I will. I will not work at McDonald's or well, any fast food chain. Yeah, Chuck, what did you do when you worked oh. at the McDonald's? So I was a grill. Mm-hmm. I was a, actually I was grilling assembly in the back. Uh, I also uh, did dishes. So uh, the. McDonald's that I worked at was right down the road from a baseball camp that they put me on the night shift. They gave me five cents extra an hour. Okay. Because they were putting me on the worst shift ever, which at that time was not nearly enough. Yeah. And (laughs) we were supposed to, we had summer hours. We were supposed to close at 12 Mm -hmm. at 1030. The on Thursday nights, the ceremony would get over for the awards. Yeah, we were the only place open in town. I know exactly what McDonald's you worked at, (laughs) except for the 24 hour McDonald's on the other side of town that nobody knew existed. Mm. We would get creamed with 300 people trying to order food at 10 o'clock and uh, shout out to McDonald's and their stupid policies uh, because it was after uh, mystery time. We could only make food to order. Oh no! So we oh couldn't God. even we could not even stock up, even though you knew. Even though we knew we were going to get murdered. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, oof. I mean, Damn. they gave us the business. Yeah. They gave us the old razzle dazzle. They didn't Jesus. care if the shake machine was broken. They yeah. wanted. They were going to give us the the creamy, and it yeah. was not a good time oh. at all. So I worked at the same McDonald's. Did you during a different time? Shout period. out to Moobs, uh manager. Did you know Moobs? Is that Terry? Yep. <laughs> 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 That's right. Do we um, cut that out? No, no, fuck him. Terry knows what's up. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I when I worked there, it was in I was in high school, and this other kid that worked there, um, Aaron, uh, we would just eat chicken nuggets because we worked the night shift, yeah. but like during the week. Yeah. Uh, when baseball wasn't in session, it was just fucking sweet. We'd eat chicken nuggets and listen to Wesley Willis albums. <laughs> which, if you haven't checked out Wesley Willis, he's he's a delight. Yeah. That's um, awesome. They also implemented that rule while I was working there that you had to make food to order and you could no longer have a buffer, especially on the night shift. Oh, yep. That's so rough. We, yeah. we would drop like 60 nuggets and take them home. Hell yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, we I always... mean, we, we would do it, but we got screamed at the next day about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then we had to inventory the garbage. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Same. And then people like we knew people in town who would do like a bunch of apple pies right before closing. And then you got to toss them mm-hmm. and then yep. boom. Get some apple pies. Interesting. But that rush, yeah. especially from the the minor league field too. They would go there for yeah. some reason. Yep. It was it's brutal. Awful. It was tour bus. Like, bring some fucking snacks, y'all. Just right. to just to save money, they would understaff us. Mm-hmm. So they would put one grill cook, one line, one cashier, a manager. That was it. Yep. It was the worst. Yeah. It was probably, sounds brutal. It was one. I worked there one summer. It was the worst time of my life. So that's why, you know, I don't want to disparage anyone who is working in food service. It's not that food service is a bad job. Well, it's that it's the customers I don't want to deal the customers with. Customers suck. Are the worst. And, and just so all the regulations yeah. that you have to follow. Exactly. It's just such nasty. I worked a couple summers when I was in college. I always had to work register and I hated it. I was like, please put me in the back. Mm-hmm. Please let me cook food. They Your girl, never, though. You yep. gotta be up front. Yep. Mm-hmm. I had to wow. be up front. I didn't mind being on drive through though. Drive-thru okay. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it was funny, the little like 
mic pack that you have mm-hmm. like connected mm-hmm. to you. The A. We A's, for assholes, A's for assholes, B's for buddies. Yeah. Yes. So A connects you to the uh, customer speaker and B connects you to everybody with headsets. So yeah, A is for assholes, oh, B is that's for so buddies. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just, you know, people can be such dicks about food more so than I think regular retail. So I just, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to cry yeah. <laughs> at work. No, legit. I mean, so yeah. there was this one time I remember this woman and she was on drugs because, you know, my hometown, a lot of people are. And she came in and she wanted a plain cheeseburger. Okay. Like, All right. So, <sighs> you know. Yep. So she gets it and she goes and she sits down and she takes a couple bites of it and she comes back and she's like, I wanted a plain cheeseburger. And I was like, yeah. So she opens it up and it's a burger with cheese and that's it. She's like. I didn't want cheese. And I was like, oh so then you want a hamburger. She threw it at me oh my across God. the counter. I was like, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? I also had another woman who came in and she got the like fancy chicken tenders. The ate chicken selects. Yeah. She ate them all. She came back and she said that one of them was too small, but she had already eaten it. So <laughs> we just had to give her another that's order. Yep. Like, that's the shit that I just yep. tried to fight. You're like, no, fuck you. Yep. You the ate manager it. was like, just mm. give her more. Yeah. She's like, defeated or he, he or she was yeah. defeated. Shout out to the people working in any fast food restaurant. Yeah, they for give sure. You like three extra nuggets. Oh, my God. Mm. Or even better, when they replace you one for one because they're out of the chicken nuggets mm-hmm. with pre- with the premium chicken select. That's true. Yeah. Um, fucking oh. MVPs. I got a McChicken because they, they only had 19 for a. 20 piece once and I was like yo this is this is the best day of my life <laughs> so I I vividly remember the day that I quit McDonald's moves uh, somebody was substituting the crispy chicken sandwich on a McChicken and we apparently weren't allowed to do that it was a it was a staff member mm. I didn't know it was just a ticket coming through and that's what I filled out and that's what I did uh, he lectured me for two hours online during rush about oh how we God. can't do that. Cause that's like putting a quarter pounder on a cheese on a regular cheeseburger. I mean, that is an accurate analogy. Yes. Yeah. I didn't need to know for two hours. I also was just doing what the ticket was told. Finally, I turned to him and go, I don't care at all. Yeah. I just did what the ticket said. Yeah. Yeah. And he started to cry because I yelled at him. Oh my oh God. Moops uh, cried. Moops cried. He got like teary eyed and went into the cooler uh, because I yelled at him. And then I quit the next day. I put him, I even put in my two weeks and I worked it and he would not talk to me. Wow. He made God. me deal with the other managers. Was, wow. uh, was lazy. I crystal there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Uh, the best thing or worst thing about Lazy Eye Chris is that he would um, constantly refer to underage girls by like porn stars from 20 years ago. Yep. Uh, it was super creepy. Oh, it was really God. fucking gross. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Shout out. You know what? Shout out to all the mid-level managers yeah. of McDonald's. And then well, I'm just going to shout out to anyone who's working in, in fast food service. It Honestly. just sucks. Just sucks. Yeah, really does. Fast food corporate America is mm-hmm. absolute worst. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this. Okay. Lead so us. And let us prove that point. I n- exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Well, it goes all the way to the top. It's not even Straight the, the, the lowly workers. Yeah. Um, down with the bourgeoisie. <laughs> no, anyway. Um, so again, I'm taking this over because at the moment I work in marketing. Um, well, and continue and hope to continue to do so. Um, Wait. Are we good? There was like a sound like tapping or water dripping or something. 
Like that? Yeah. Oh, it's my tootsie on the... Fucking Sarah! <laughs> it's my tootsie! Sorry. Um, so I currently work in a paint factory that has an in-house marketing team, which I will talk more about soon. Um, it's not hard to find in upstate New York, so if anyone does figure out where I work, I'm just going to say this disclaimer right now. I do not... Um, I do not speak for the company or their views or values. <laughs> Have you been nothing. watching that GameStop guy on TikTok that opens every uh, no. like that? It's really good. <laughs> no, but yeah, I don't represent the company in any way. I'm just kind of my own entity, but yeah. I'm just giving my experiences there. So the Monopoly game, which I didn't know it went on that long from 1989. Like it's been my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I kind of remember it in the background and kind of what it was. And I want to discuss with you guys. Um, well, actually, the overview of the entire documentary first is that from 1989 to 2001, the Monopoly game was rigged so that um, only a select few people would actually win the two million dollar or, you know, the big cash prizes. Yeah. And um, which is kind of astounding. Like that's an, that's an incredibly long period of time to have a fraud like that. Not only that, but I never heard about it until this documentary. Exactly. It yep. continued for another like. 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And they did exactly what they needed to, mm -hmm. to protect their image. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yep. yep. So I wanted to talk a little about like your personal experiences with, um, Monopoly. Like I remember as a teenager, um, not caring about what I put in my body yep. and just going to McDonald's and like getting all that stuff uh -huh. and just like trials. Like I got a boardwalk. I just need park place. This is great. Yep. And like, yeah, it really did suck me in. Yeah. And so, um, like, Danny, like what was now that I didn't know you guys actually worked there, like yeah. all three of you. So yeah. what was it like? I never worked there during Monopoly. Oh, okay. I don't think I didn't either because um, I, I wouldn't have for much longer after. Right. I would um, have stolen cups and hell yeah. oh, hash brown yeah. packets. Hell yeah. yeah. So I remember vividly like collecting the game pieces and I would get mad because you could like adhere them to the board. Mm -hmm. And I would get really mad when someone in my family would start a different board with their I'm like with their own pieces. Like, can't we all just work together? Cause mm -hmm. if you get park place and I get boardwalk, we got to put them together. And it was very ingrained in my mind that it had to be on the board. Gotcha. I didn't realize that it didn't actually have to be on. The no, board. I definitely wanted the board. I never remembered it, but yeah. like Chuck, what was your, uh, I, I remember monopoly very well, but I never worked there when monopoly happened. Okay. Uh, cause I don't think it was a summer thing. And I only worked there during the summer. So, yeah. mm -hmm. Usually the summer, I mean, for locally for us was Glenn, uh, Glenn's or Watkins Glen promotion mm -hmm. and making sodas a dollar. Like that's the biggest, that's the big promotion during okay. the summer, at least locally for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Watkins Glen is a racetrack. Yes. Right, Tim, what about you? What was your, um, but I did collect them. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I right? Oh man. I, even at 32 years old, don't care what I put in my body and still try to collect them. Uh, <laughs> I just slam, yeah. slam large fries. No, not trying to be a total hypocrite. I just got Wendy's this evening. Right. <laughs> so I have. Um, I got into the Monopoly game really hard. OK, when I was a teenager. I had gotten a job. I had money. I was living at home. It was all. Yeah. Um, what it, what's it called? All disposable, disposable income. income. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it drastically changed my eating habits. Um, cause I was trying to maximize how many tickets I would get. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it turned from, uh, I'll get a 10 piece meal or whatever to, all right, well, I need two 20 pieces, three large fries and, <laughs> you know, X amount of shakes, uh, no more burgers because you could only get it on a Big Mac and mm. Big Macs suck. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you. I don't like yeah. Big Macs. I don't like yeah. Big Macs either. 
So yeah. I like them. Whatever. Okay, yeah, I know. I was like waiting for you to chime in, Chuck. Like the only I, thing I gained from the Monopoly game was uh, a couple free items and uh, type 2 diabetes. <laughs> oh, boy. For sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, while going into that, that's a that's a huge issue. Well, not a huge issue. Let me start again. Um, Just a little background to my marketing experience as well. Um, I work in creative side of marketing. I don't actually do promotions or um, ideas. I try sometimes, but they don't. They don't go anywhere. <laughs> so so that that's just saying from my experience. But at one point, someone had said it boosts sales almost up to 40%. So I was trying. I was like, that's an astronomical number. However, that is kind of a misleading number. So you have to figure out like, where is that 40% against what normal time, like summer versus winter, other promotional items. So it's a little misleading, but it's still a huge bump in sales. Like from what you're saying, it sounds like people bought a ton of stuff to try to get more tickets or Um, game pieces. And so the, the actual demographic for that very specifically is it's, uh, McDonald's on average makes 40% more during promotional games than they do when a promotional game is not going. Gotcha. So I'm sure Monopoly's on the highest end of that Mm -hmm. and certainly grading on that curve, but um, pretty much any promotional game really jacks up their sales. It's, I can't put it in perspective of like how much that is. Like when we try to do promotions, Obviously, we're very much a niche market and we're not food. So that does. And we're not the like the one of the biggest companies in the world. But, you know, if you have a 5 percent, 10 percent bump, that's great. That's that means you've done a really good promotion. So mm-hmm. the fact that someone's coming in saying it's 40 percent, I was like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, you know, so crazy. just to give you an idea of kind of the scope of this promotion and then the scope of the fraud that went along with it is pretty crazy. So. The documentary starts in 2001. Um, It starts off with in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, with the quote unquote sleepy FBI. Um, We get introduced to Doug Matthews. I love him. Yeah. He ends up being just (laughs) the the golden boy of the FBI in 2001, the real go-getter. And um, he had a partner named Rick Dent who refused to be interviewed. Yeah. I love that. It's so funny because his yeah. description of Rick is that he's very like, yes, no, mm-hmm. I cannot comment. And like Doug is the opposite where he's like, yeah. hey, you guys want to go like do some parkour and shit? Like something like that. You <laughs> right. know, he's a puppy. He's like, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. totally like a puppy. So I feel like they, they partnered them in the FBI really yeah. well together. It looks like a buddy cop movie. Yes. It right? really exactly. does. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was like that that slide thing that came on that was like they asked Rick Dent if he wanted to be interviewed. His reply? No. no. Like that's it. <laughs> no. I mean concise and to the point, right? I guess so. So <laughs> I love how yeah. animated he gets about that case too, where he's like, we we're doing this Medicare thing and it sucked so much. I hated my life and everything there was that's in it. So boring. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. Good segue. Thank you. So he started off doing uh, Medicare fraud and other healthcare fraud. And I love the thing is so boring, but it's important. It's really important, but it's so boring. (laughs) So he had gotten a tip um, from an anonymous person that there was a lot of fraud in the Monopoly game. So in his boredom, he decided to call up and apparently got some really good info and tried to um, 
vet it out. Yeah, thank you. I yeah. couldn't think of the word. Try to vet it out to his superiors. And it just, you know, people are like, come on, it's not, this isn't going anywhere. Like, what? this is not a big deal. And this then, is someone who bought 60 nuggets a day and didn't win anything. Exactly. And they're just mad. Yeah, exactly. So then they start doing the numbers. And they find out that some of the people are related who win the prizes and how astronomically small that is. Right. So I have the numbers here and they're kind of hard to kind of hard to quantify. So for no family connections. So your regular odds of winning a cash prize is one in 250 million. And so the fact that one family connection would be one in what is it? One trillion. One trillion. That's as that I can't even, I can't even fathom that number. And then the fact that, or the fact that two family members won would still be, what is it? One in like 30, 30. one in 300 septillion. Is it really septillion? I'm pretty certain. Okay. There's a bunch of zeros behind it. Seven sets of zeros, which I believe is septillion. Okay. If anyone wants to correct us, I'm, I'm open to it. Just that part. <laughs> tweet, tweet us at Top Tier Casual to correct us. On, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so at this point, now the FBI is really interested. So this is kind of a crazy, like there's no way that this is a coincidence that someone of the same family would win that prize, a cash prize. So then we get Chris Graham, who is the squad leader at the time at the FBI in Jacksonville, Florida. And he's like, all right, well, let's try to do this. And so... The only way that they're going to get prosecutors willing to take interest in the case. So this so this is when Mike DeVroe comes in. He is the prosecutor for Florida. I actually didn't know. Like, is he the state prosecutor? He's the assistant attorney. Okay, U.S. uh, state assistant attorney. And he handles almost exclusively white collar crimes. Okay, so. Yeah, he's like, you know what? This is kind of a crazy coincidence. This can't be. Something must be happening. So now we have like a whole bunch of people interested. And um, so now they're trying to speculate, like, how did this start? Do we even contact McDonald's? Because McDonald's could be in on it. How many people? What does this all mean? So I don't know. What do you guys think? At first, I totally thought that McDonald's. I thought that it was like an inside job. Yeah. McDonald's was somehow in on it. And I don't know how, if it was like a way of, you know, making sure that the money went to people that they wanted it to go to, or the pieces were fraudulent or something like that. I wasn't totally sure. There are a lot of benefits in rigging a game like this for your own company. Mm -hmm. You're effectively, you get that money as a write-off. You write that off. Yeah. Um, so to be able to write off, say, a million dollars and gift it to a family member or a friend, I mean, is is a very attractive idea. Yeah. Um, I assumed and I'm sure many other people did that. Oh, well, the boardwalk's just up on some CEO's wall. There probably isn't a winning piece. No one wins this. It's yeah. just they're doing some photo op with right. a manager from this store or whatever. Yeah, I think it's important to also understand just how big McDonald's is an enterprise so people can have franchises. But McDonald's, the entity itself, has 37,000 restaurants in 120 countries. Now, first I was like, that doesn't like I thought there'd be more restaurants. But then I think about it like that's huge. That's a lot of restaurants. (laughs) That's so many restaurants. And, you know, McDonald's is just this ubiquitous brand that we've always grown up with. And so the fact that they could in some way be compromised, whether from the inside or not, is it's kind of, I'm trying to think of the word. It's just, it, it's, oh, I can't think of the word. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> Not necessarily inconceivable, because you're kind of like too big to fail in that sense. Right. 
When you look at when you were yeah. talking about the forty percent earlier, their sales in nineteen ninety five was two point nine seven billion dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, it's insane. So yeah. talking about a forty percent rise on that, you're talking about a billion dollars extra. <laughs> like, and that's what I meant. Like when that guy was like, "Yo, we make forty. I was like, "There's no fucking way." Yeah, you are right though. It's probably for that time period. It's yeah. not forty percent over year to year. It's forty yeah. percent over for that a three month. months. That yeah. that yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, still a huge chunk of change. Probably. So, in that month, they make more than my company makes in an entire year. Oh, I would think that McDonald's makes more in a month than almost. I think there's few companies that make more than them. Yeah. In a year. Maybe Walmart. Right. So, yeah, Walmart, I'm talking Amazon. like the, the big, yeah, the yeah, big yeah, boys. Yeah. yeah. Big Large boys. Caps. Big boys. Yeah. Well, and so to kind of uh, answer your question of what I what I assumed I figured it was an inside job at a lower level. Yeah. I didn't think it was something that was like corporate and they picked a guy and this is all just a ruse and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And this is all rigged. And I just figured it was somebody who knew because I know with situations like that and companies like that, they know where that ticket is. I would assume at the time because I well, and we'll find out later on. I assume that they have control over the entire thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're make they're goddamn McDonald's. They yep. have control over yep. everything. Yeah. They control everything. McDonald's controls the world. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they, they, they got to be in that Bilderberg group. <laughs> the one that goes to California and lets an owl on fire. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> That's a conspiracy theory episode we got to do. I'm no, down. it's that okay. sounds fucking rad. Can we just do that? Can we well, it's not a real owl. Fire? It's an effigy of an owl. Um, there's like a three day, like weird like sexual Man. drug field extravaganza in the yeah. woods in that's, California. That's all I need. Yeah. Mm, solid Wednesday night. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Can't get through finals without a little nose bump. <laughs> anyway, Accurate. I don't know why I said finals. I haven't been in college or any type of education for just, it's been a minute. Just, it's just coming like back to eight, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do drugs in college. I promise. So at this point, the FBI is really skeptical about like, hey, we're going to McDonald's. Like, what do we do? So they contacted the head of security, who happens to be Rob Holmes, seems to still be in that same job yeah. since 2001. Yeah. And they just say, just super cryptic, like, you have to come with us. Come fly out here. Yeah, yeah for real. Right? Like, how do you even know who to send? Yeah. Like, they sent three representatives like it was some fucking triumvirate. Like, it yeah. was like, all right, well, we're going to send Rob because, you know, yeah, fucking Rob. Yeah, and exactly. send two fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> send, like someone from the financial district mm-hmm. and then we're going to send right. someone from the flavor town. Flavor town. <laughs> it seems like Fier- a 90s. If Guy Fieri came out of here somehow. That would be amazing. It seems like some '90s comedy where you're gonna yeah. you're sending an Adam Sandler because he's trying to win the business back from his dad, uh-huh. and you're gonna send Brendan Fraser and Terry Gillum. Okay, yeah. I don't actually know who Terry Gillum. I was, was just I, just, gonna, I was I having no a hard way. time thinking of another celebrity, so I said it. <laughs> I sounds like a real celebrity. So I feel like I've heard that name before. I, I mean, yeah, it sounds I, good. I, well, I would have like, gone Norm Macdonald if you were going that era. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a good. No, that that's was a good one. I needed a straight man because that's what was coming up. I was like, oh, well, Norm Macdonald. Is Norm Macdonald not a straight man? Norm. <laughs> Norm Macdonald's a, a national treasure. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's what I thought. He's a, he's a British actor. He was part of Monty Python. Terry Gillum. Yep. Oh, right. oh. that probably works then. Yeah, All right. I mean, why not? Sure. Yeah. I also would have gone Vin Diesel. Mm. Sure. He's a straight man. I don't know. Wesley Snipes. 
I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like some diversification here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Okay. So at this point, the FBI has Rob Holmes and apparently two other, three other representatives. They bring him to Jacksonville. They get really cryptic art, white art. Whiteboard. They whiteboarded up. Apparently they um, try to spell out what's happening without actually saying what's happening. And yeah. then, you know, they're, so they're trying to figure out like, okay, like, do you, do you know? Did you know? Did that? you know that your company is highly compromised? <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're looking for body language. You know, they're trying to figure out if, um, if they're in on it in any way. And so the FBI, apparently they have passed the test and the FBI is like, Hey, we're going to tell you exactly what's happening. And then they are shocked that this is, that there's actual fraud, yeah. that they're losing millions of dollars. Which I think at that point I was really confused. Like right off the bat. Cause I was like, it's McDonald's. If they're, right? if they're inner, like if it's inner marketing and like, because we don't know yet mm-hmm. about the future, but I'm like, it's McDonald's. They control everything. I would think that they would realize that like these people are winning in these locations. Why would they not have all of the information about their winners? Yeah. For real. Yeah. Like why would it's almost like they literally don't even pay attention. Especially like you said, like we'll find out more down the line. But once you start realizing some of the details about the geographic locations of the winners mm-hmm. and then like different things like, you live here, but your address is there. Like, how does that not raise a red flag? I don't understand. Super weird. It, well, we'll get yeah. into it. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll, we'll get into we'll get it. There. But but just like right off the bat, I was just like, oh, maybe they really don't have any idea. Yeah. Maybe they're just a multi-billion dollar idiot that is right. just so ignorant because they're making so much money. That right. This they're is, like, I mean, ultimately, big. this is a drop in a bucket for them. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, this is nothing. To them, the issue is compromise of branding. Right. Which is. Right. They're really the only thing that they have other than real estate, um, just straight up, just having locations in real estate. Which is a huge part of McDonald's. It is. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do a lot of research on that, so I'm, I, I'm not going to get into it on this episode, but I was thinking about talking about that in later in, in a later episode. Um, but the brand is really all you have as equity. Like people literally sell their brands when they're not doing well. And a side note, um, Banana Republic did this when they were in a lot of trouble. They actually sold their brand name to a company as equity to try to, you know, um, raise revenue to kind of get out of debt. Papaya democracy. Yeah. It wasn't working. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I'm in the middle of a discussion too. (laughs) I'm in the middle of a thought and I need to finish it. (laughs) So that didn't work. They actually ended up selling their name again. That didn't work either. So now they're embroiled in a lot of issues and that's why they filed for bankruptcy. So that's the, I'm just saying that's the importance of a brand. You can put literal money behind it. So to your point, Chuck, yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. Right. And while I agree with that, Mm -hmm. Banana Republic is not McDonald's. McDonald's is, I mean- Literally mm-hmm. makes banana probably it's bitch. Oh, even, totally. Even in clothing, because they used to sell T-shirts at one point. Yeah. Um, just yeah. like a banana, banana Republic, Republic or McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's. Oh, okay. okay. Used to sell T-shirts at one point. Uh, I would wear fact, one. In fact, I'm pretty. Wouldn't be surprised if Banana Republic sold McDonald's T-shirts. Yeah. Well, I'm using that, and I totally agree with you as well. Right. Chuck. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I don't even think they would give a shit. If this looked bad on them because they're McDonald's and people are going to eat there anyway. Like, I know they have to, quote unquote, protect the brand and things like that. But mm-hmm. again, I bet you they are just they're sitting up there and they're 
deep fried ivory tower, deep fried ivory tower. Just just fucking don't even give a shit. Sorry. No, go for it. Wasn't there some pressure on them because a Monopoly game was coming up Mm -hmm. soon too? So that was kind of like, well, shit, if we're going to address this. I'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Totally. No, it's a huge part of it. Um, To Sarah's point though, mm -hmm. um, their identity is their biggest sellable item. Like Mm -hmm. licensing of their brand and what their brand means is 90% of their company. Sure. Yeah. And in all of this, the MVP Doug gets real bored. Oh, yeah. We should probably yeah. go back to stop by my writing. He shows up to this big meeting with these like corporate giants in a golden suit. Oh, the FBI I, was not happy I about that. I thought it was, was metaphorical. Yeah. I didn't think he was serious. And then it showed like the like reenactment footage. He legit was wearing a fucking gold suit. He looks like a giant French fry. With with a white shirt underneath. So it was fine. Yeah. I was like, what, what makes you think that that's an acceptable outfit? Because in the dress code, it says you have to wear a suit with a white button up. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. Can you? I I know that women don't have to conform to all the rules that men do as far as their dress attire in the workplace. (laughs) Okay. Yo, I get to wear leggings. So deuces, that's like sweatpants for me. Oh my God. I wasted sweatpants, bitches. I'm wearing them right now. Kind of makes it worth not having pockets on a whole bunch. Of stuff. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, I will. Get, I will you wear a suit. You cannot pockets. have your cake and eat it too. You either get uncomfortable suits with pockets, or you get comfy pants with no pockets, I, and you just tuck everything in your you goddamn boobs like the rest of us. I'm, okay, I'm gonna okay, take fine. that cake and I'm gonna shove it in some leggings. <laughs> I'm gonna be comfy as fuck. And then works. and then shove it up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, check out the new professional casual <laughs> cake sitter leggings <laughs> on sale in the store at Teespring.com. Tom. At teespring.com slash store slash professional casual. <laughs> Get em. Good plug for a future item. All right, we'll figure it out. Oh, I already have the design. We're, we're all Oh, we're good? Yeah, yeah we're okay. excited. One piece of cake on your butthole. That's that's what I would do. No, it's a, it's a cake with a butt print in it that's all smashed just across the entirety of the ass yes. of the leggings. Okay. I mean, I mean, we can go a lot of ways. With okay, it, all right, we'll I'm figure excited. it out. So parallel to this, there's also a huge scandal with McDonald's and their mad cow disease in the UK. Um, I honestly don't know the details of that either. Probably should have done, done a little more research. So, so I was in 10th grade. I oh, remember this. I remember this okay. vividly. In 2001? Uh, two, I was in 10th grade in rem- 2001. So you you were were I wasn't, but I remember in 10th grade mm-hmm. talking about the mad cow disease. Yeah. And I remember... I, I do remember when Mad Cow Disease happened and the price of beef going absolutely through the roof. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, disgustingly through the roof. But the Mad Cow Disease, when it, when it happened, I mean, it was, it was a big deal because they didn't know where the meat was going. Because oh, okay. regulations and tracking were not as good as they are now, especially with the FDA and the way things are tracked now. Mm-hmm. That, in fact... The outbreak of Macau disease led to the reason why we have such regulations now. Yeah. But one of the biggest things was like they didn't know where the meat was going and it ended up like in cat food and then cats were getting mad cow disease. Oh, my God. Uh, well, and the important thing really was, was just don't serve brains of an animal to that animal to right. eat. And which you're is, pretty much fine. That's really all you don't have to do. Um, which is still difficult. <laughs> right. For, for most because it's so cheap, like yeah. brains, organs, things like that ground up, turn into powder, you mix it in with the food and you throw it right back at the animal. Mm-hmm. It, it had literally been done for, I don't know how long. And then just 
they finally figured out, well, I guess we can't do that anymore. Can you fucking imagine that being like a thing that we do? Like, well, grandma's dead. Let's take all that organ meat and brain matter and just crush it up and feed it to little Jimmy. I mean, the human equivalent of uh, mad cow disease is still prevalent in the world. And isn't it, usually isn't it called Kuvu? Kuvu? Yeah, that's an, yep. Yeah, okay. I remember it's that. crazy to me. Ugh. Yeah. Just eat people brains and, you know, you'll get it yeah. eventually. Oh. Eat people oh. brains. Eat people's brains. Yes. yes. Eat people's brains. Right. You can eat other things. It's fine, but. Right. Yeah. People's brains. It's the you brain can eat part. most of the rest of the human body, yeah, yeah, just yeah. not the brain. If yeah. I'm going to eat a brain, though, do I want to eat like a dog brain or do I want to eat a people brain? Neither. Well, it depends on how hungry you are. That's true. If you want a real answer. uh No. Pig, pig brains look fucking dope. Is it really? Yeah. It's okay. like super dope. Pig brains delicious. All right. Made into a pate. It was fucking. Ooh. Uh, I love kiss. pate. Yes, kiss. Yeah, it was delicious. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. Like It's awful for like ducks, Chuck but you, I do like pate. <laughs> um, like Chuck, you mentioned like the price of beef increasing. I yeah. don't remember details like that, but I remember it being like on the news and everybody's like, mad cow. And I'm like, yeah. why are these cows Same. so pissed off? Like, I don't. <laughs> now that I'm an adult, I, I know more about mm-hmm. it. But I was like, uh. I was 11. So. I was in like, yeah, sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really, it was just kind of out of like, I don't Did know it what this not, is. And it happened more than once. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There was more than one outbreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what led to the sourcing thing was because right. um, it popped up in a couple places. So the supply chain became compromised and they didn't know why. And then they realized that really the majority of it was from cattle feed in the UK. Right. And that's really when they kind of narrowed it down. Cause you're right. It did happen. I think in the mid nineties and then early two thousands was when it, when the sourcing of it became legible right. enough to, to know that Britain was feeding cows, cow brains. So ultimately the, the moral of the story is buy your locally sourced meat from locally sourced farms, ethical farms. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they have to be ethical, just local. <laughs> I like being able to like, know. I mean, they gotta be animal. ethical. Otherwise we're going to have this goddamn problem again. Well, no, they could be unethical because they like didn't pay their taxes or because, you uh, know, okay. they, okay. they don't different. believe certain movements are, are positive or not. Like, Can we say that like the animals were raised ethically? Humanely. Humanely. That was yeah. the okay. I was thinking. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. Man, this farmer does hasn't paid taxes since 2011, but. Yeah, fuck taxes. So but fine. you know what? Fuck, he's got really good beef. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, in the um, in the documentary, we meet this guy. What was his name? Richard White. Is that it? Hold on. White Dick. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just trying to find it. McDonald's, right? I remember the first time my white dick <laughs> met McDonald's. <laughs> uh, okay, I didn't write down his name. So I think it's Richard. Here. I think it's Richard White. Okay, so then we pivot and we are introduced to this guy named Rich White who worked for Simon Marketing, who had the account for McDonald's. So now I need to explain the difference between in-house marketing and outhouse or really agency marketing. Chuck, what are you laughing at? Outhouse I can't. marketing? Outhouse oh, marketing. making advertisements outhouse for poop shacks. <laughs> yeah, poop shacks. No, I'm outhouse sorry. It's not out of house. Shits. It's in-house marketing and agencies. So I work for an in-house marketing group. All I work on is the company's brand. That's it. And any other brand that they come up with agencies are these kinds of things like Simon marketing has multiple accounts, multiple different brands that they're working with and coming up with promotions. Um, 
it's like that. Well, they don't, it doesn't, it's not really like that now, but you know, like, um, mad men is an agency. They have these big accounts. My own supervisor used to work for actually, I think a company that's not around anymore. Um, they used to work for like Goodell and all these other big companies and they come up with marketing to strategies, brand strategies, um, promotional items. And that's, they're big, they're huge, big part of the company. Um, I'm honestly not sure why McDonald's doesn't have a little bit of in-house, although they clearly do because they have, you know, senior global marketing person. Um, Probably because a lot of it's very regional. They do releases and seasonal items, even in the U.S. at different parts of the years and have different items. And when you're on a global scale like that, to have an in-house team that's handling China and India and Mm -hmm. South America and Africa and yeah, Mad totally. Cow, Mad Cow Europe. Yeah, it's a lot. Mad Cow Europe. Well, Mad yeah, Cow and Europe. specifically, like each region, you have to you have to market differently. Yeah, everything differently. Um, I highly recommend if anybody has gone and looked the really creepy Japanese uh, McDonald's commercials, Mm-mm. where Ronald McDonald is pretty much stalking a girl for about yes. four, four oh, or dear. five. Uh, it's really weird. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I highly recommend checking those out. Well, there you go. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, another point is working with um, promotional items, which we'll get into in a moment, that is a huge aspect of marketing is like a physical collateral, you know, um, branding, text, colors, people, um, McDonald's could probably brand their colors. Some people do that. They'll, they'll have a specific mix of like a yellow or a red or something and they'll, they'll patent it. So no other person can use that. I can get into a lot. We won't get into that because yeah. it's a whole rabbit yeah. hole of printing and offset mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Okay. So. But one thing to note, Simon Marketing, they came up with a Happy Meal. Yeah. That's what I was going to get into yeah. next. Thank you for the segue. Yeah. So I did not know that the marketing team came up with a Happy Meal. I It's so ubiquitous in my mind. I'm like, well, duh, of course, it's a perfect marketing promotion. Yeah. Um, I just thought McDonald's had come up with it. I just assumed they had it from from day one. There was never a McDonald's without the Happy Meal. Exactly. So I was like, props to Simon Marketing. That is huge. And the fact that they came up with the Monopoly game. Yeah. So that's where they come in. Um, (laughs) We now got to figure out where I'm going with this. Okay. So now we have to pivot back to the FBI. So now that we're back at the FBI, they figure out that it's not top execs in actual McDonald's. They're like, well, maybe it's someone from the marketing group is because they're the actual group that put on the monopoly game. Yes. So the FBI actually had to talk to them. So now it's kind of the same thing. It's like, did there someone on the inside? Did they think someone was printing pieces? Cause that's kind of part of it. So now that the FBI has figured out kind of pinpointed where maybe the investigation should take place. Our boy Doug is like, let's go undercover. Let's do this. And oh, everyone's God. like, shut up, Doug. No yeah. one wants to go undercover. I mean, more <laughs> importantly, like, no, really? this is not the first time he has suggested this. Yeah. Every case he gets put on, <laughs> yeah. he's just like, so I got this idea undercover? for going undercover. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, we, and like, we got no, it, man. You have to have like special training to go undercover and like courses that you have to take, a license that you have to get. And they're like, no, you don't have any yeah. of that. And he's like, let's go undercover. Well, let's do it. <laughs> let's yeah. just go undercover. I got this great idea. <laughs> I want to dress up. <laughs> yeah. I, I really love how he had never been able to go undercover. And I'm sure that when he was told by his supervisor, all right, well, let's get approval. Like, his dick must have been so fucking hard. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you mean it? 
this is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> and then he does that big like laugh, like <laughs> with all of his yeah, yeah. Uh, with no noise. <laughs> oh my gosh. While holding his breath, it's so weird. Yeah. I, it is weird. Uh, now that you point it out, I don't like it. <laughs> it's the only thing I don't like about yeah. him. The, he's got that cute little southern drawl too. Though. I do he's, like the little southern so drawl. I like bullshit. how they mention it too. They're like, everyone likes Doug. He's got this cute little southern drawl. Yeah. People like him. Yeah. Yeah. He is perfect to go undercover. He's so affable. He can just make stuff up. Friends with everybody. The thing that's odd is that the lady that was like the head in the lady that was in charge of the undercover stuff Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, we've been trying to recruit him for years. It was like he brings it up every three minutes. How could you not convince him to go undercover? (laughs) Yeah, we don't talk about her anyway. (laughs) So this happens to be great timing because Monopoly Monopoly because McDonald's has um, an upcoming event of who wants to be a millionaire, which is one of, which was super big at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 2000, like 2001. Yeah. I watched that show with my parents all the time. Who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, Regis filming. Rip. Rip. Ripping pepperonis. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked him. Yeah. Lived a scandal free life, you know, made it pretty. Did he? Daddy. Oh, no? no. No. Nobody lives a scandal-free life. <sighs> Not on ABC. No. It's not a bus scandal. Oh man. Okay. All right. Shout I don't know. Out, shout out to Regis Philbin anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what he did. Death, death forgives you of all your transgressions on Earth. You're fine. Okay. Oh no. Sure. Yo. Rip yeah. Juice World. <laughs> well, he was really good. Gone Who? Way before his time. Juice World. Who's Juice World? Ah, oh, fucking! I quit. Okay. No, go. Let's go. Okay. Silence. He's a rapper. Mm. So they say, okay, hey FBI, hey, can we? Or FBI asks McDonald's, like, can we run this event and like totally fuck it up and jack yeah. up everything and just like get our little fingers in it? <laughs> like, can we do get that? All up and, in there. And so, like, it's really hard. Like. I'm trying to think of a situation where an outside entity would come into my company and want to run things. I would not be happy about that. Giving up control. As a teacher, yeah, the state comes in all the fucking time. I'm sorry. They're like, hey, I mean, it's not really that. It's whatever. But the state's like, you should do it this way. I'm like, you don't know me. Get the fuck out of here. You don't know my story. You don't know me. You don't know my kids. And they're like, have you tried having do- them do think pair share? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out. Yeah. And then we do think pair share. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, fine, no, I don't but, care. Yeah, no, you're right. It definitely makes for a much more agitated workplace when you have someone coming mm-hmm. in from the outside. Like, well, have you thought about maybe just not having fraud? Especially McDonald's, who just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. They were actually running a very legitimate sweepstakes, so they yeah. were going to give away the money anyway. They don't yeah, care right, who yeah. wins it. Yeah. Their yeah. sales because are going to go up. And so that comes up in the documentary. Like they said, they could have just said, no, we're not going to work with you. Um, we're yeah. just going to get rid of this altogether. We'll just eat eat the revenue and never talk about it because we're dealing with bad cow and I can't yep. deal with anything else. Yep. But luckily for us, because we have this documentary, McDonald's does decide to work with the FBI and does des- decide to run the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show. I feel like... Or promotion, excuse for, me. On McDonald's and that was a really good move because mm-hmm. I feel like if they chose not to work with the FBI, it would make them look real shady. Yeah. Like we know now, like because of the mad cow stuff, they could have just done that to like Focus on one fire at a time, mm-hmm. but it would have looked really suspicious if it's like, well, there's 
this is like corrupt and fraud and you don't care. And it absolves them of guilt. Right. By by showing that you're working with them. If it ever came out that the FBI was investigating the Monopoly game and McDonald's was not cooperating, would have lampooned that them. That exactly. worse. Yeah. Yeah. So good on McDonald's. Yeah, that, that's just opening a whole gigantic came of worms that they don't even want to begin to try to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't need them showing up with, you know, uh, the hell are those things called you get from a judge? Helicopters. Yes. Hell, showing up with helicopters. Swat, like SWAT teams just um, busting in. Um, just wrestling. Shit, there. papers. Swamp yeah. thing. Fuck, Warrants. Warrants. Thank there you. There we go. Uh, well, it, well, they were saying in the, like, if Donald, McDonald's wasn't going to cooperate, they were just going to drop it. Yeah. Because they, they didn't, yeah. you know, I, you need you need the company that's being fraud, frauded. Um, I believe it's Freuded. Freuded? Yeah, sure. Mm. It's all about your mom. <laughs> um, to work with them. So they're like, fine, we're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. So not soon after, uh, we have a winner. His name is Michael Hoover. So I'll get into his appearance in a second. But first, we finally have a winner. So now, ding, 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 Doug gets to go undercover. Yay! Yay! He gets to bypass all the bullshit in training and gets to go right to do the cool stuff. So he decides to make a production crew. And it's really, actually, I think it's a really ingenious idea. It's Yeah. Yeah. They decide that. Um, they want to do an expose about each winner, what they're going to do with the money, how they got the money to try to drum up business so people would buy more tickets. And one of the things that you have to do as a winner is sign up to do that stuff. Right. Exactly. So even if there was some mastermind behind this, mm-hmm. if they referred to him at all, they'd be like, oh, well, they're probably going to come and they're probably going to do a commercial. Just play along. Here's your story. Yeah. Yeah. So just a, a perfect way to gain to get evidence. Yeah. And still look like you're you're totally part of this corporate spin. And when Doug's talking about like his uh, his role in the undercover work, he's like, "Yeah, I'm just the director, so I don't have to do shit." The producer. Is it the producer? Yeah, it was the, the producer. Director? Either way. Oh, yeah. whatever. Probably so, both. Like he doesn't have to like operate lights or a camera or anything. He's like, "No, nah, I'm just I'm behind the camera. I don't have to do anything." Just pretend you like dig. you walked off the golf course and you're good to go. Yeah. Those, yep. Okay. Yeah. So the production company, quote unquote, is called Shamrock Productions, and they came up with a tagline that says, "Because, because you're just lucky," which is adorable. Yeah, I, really, I was yeah. like, "Okay, FBI, all right, you yeah. got me." It's almost too on the nose. A little which is bit. Why I really like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So they needed to get more people from McDonald's to work in the undercover um, operation, I guess. Um, so they got a woman named. Uh, Amy Murray, and she's the senior director of global marketing. I don't know if she was a senior level marketing at 2001 in 2001. Right. She's probably still in global marketing. And, and so I have a note here that has to be the craziest job. I watch my marketing director go around doing a bunch of shit in meetings all day. And I was like, I do not want that job. Yeah. (laughs) And then you just had this person who is, I can't imagine what that job is like. So, She's just super sweet. I really like this person. She's great. And she's very nice. Mm-hmm. And I love, again, like seeing her on camera back from 2001 when she was like so young and cute. And like, it just, it seems like so long ago, but also not long ago. Yeah. Um, Everyone was hot back then. I That's really, like I know. Every single person. Right. I'm like, damn, if I could go back to my 2001 hot. And I'm like, I was 15. Never mind. Yeah, I was <laughs> 11. I was um, weird. 
But she makes for a really great fit, too, because she interacts with the winners a lot. And Mm -hmm. that's what she would normally do anyway. Right. She would contact the winners and talk to them about how they won. So getting her in on this undercover job doesn't seem that inauthentic. No. And it's it's no inauthentic is the correct word. Okay. Yeah. I believe it's uh, Freud authentic. (laughs) You just you haven't talked much. You're like. Freud. <laughs> Bring that mom. In. <laughs> all about Amy's mom. Yeah, right. Mm. Uh, I bet she's lovely. I bet anyway. She's... Uh, you'd be surprised. Okay. Amy Murray's mom's a fucking bitch. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, God rest her soul. Allegedly. <laughs> okay. So the fact that they're bringing in a civilian to do an undercover job is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Um, I mean, just shows how how cool Amy is. Um, so they're trying. They're getting everything together. Together, they're getting the Shamrock crew together. They're getting Doug. Doug's just dressed up like he came off of the golf course because yeah. that's what Amy told him to do. So getting a retired FBI videographer to come out. <laughs> yeah, it's desk. crazy. I know he's like. Just, he doesn't even ask him if he wants to do it. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love it. I love this. <laughs> so now they finally get to Mike Hoover's house, and they have a giant fake check. And they're like, hey, Mike, look, you're kind of hamming up for the camera. This dude. Oh, my God. Is uber 90s dad. It just he looks oh like the ultimate dad in a sitcom. that would be like, oh, you crazy kids. Go back and shine. With you know, sweater vest and that big white hair. Yeah. You know that he wears like tube socks pulled all the way up to his knees mm, with, with sandals white on new balances. Or, yeah, white sandals, oh, those yeah. strappy sandals. You know that his white. New Balance sneakers are green because he just mowed the lawn. Yeah. 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 Just. Oh, and he wears God. an ironic apron when he overcooks burgers on his Could grill. Yeah. Kiss the chef. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's one of those aprons that's like meant to make it look like he's shirtless, but it's very like cartoony. And he's right. got like a sunburn or something on it. I don't know. Chuck. What do you think of Mike Hoover? He looks like he smells like bologna. <laughs> That's I, I, I I'm glad to, I asked. I had to double check to make sure it was the guy that I thought it was. Okay. And it is. Yeah. He legitimately because as they start asking him, he begins to sweat profusely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very shiny. Yeah. And I can just imagine the smell of like cheap bologna oh, just God. oozing out of his mm. pores. I have the smell in my nose now. Yeah. He looks like the counselor from the first couple seasons of Orange is the New Black. The one oh, trying yes. to relate with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. yeah. Sorry, that was delicious. I got to watch that last season. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, yeah. anyway. It's meh. It, yeah, it, I felt like it was going down. Last couple have been. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so... So they're like, you know, he's hamming it up for the camera. They're like, smile. You got this big check. You know, Doug, go ahead. I was just going to say, Doug goes like off book with this because so they're in Michael's house doing this whole expose. There's another crew like out in another van that's like the backup squad team in case anything goes south or whatever. And I think Doug is quickly realizing like they're not. Like he's telling the story, but whatever. So I was at the beach. Can we I, talk? I yeah. Can we talk about I like how stilted that was? I was like, I did this. My, my, yeah. my 
magazine got all wet in the ocean, so I got a new one. I, I, I went to wash my legs off in the ocean, and then I dropped my towel and my magazine in the water. So then I threw them away, and I'm like, what motherfucker throws a towel away when it gets wet in the ocean? Yeah, and you who brings a magazine into the ocean? Yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so then I go to this grocery store, and Doug's like, great, let's go to that grocery store. And so the team is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. you can't control the real world. And he's like, it's fine. We're going to. So then they go to the thing and then they go to the beach. And so Michael Hoover has to tell this story three different times. It's incredible. The the really important thing about it, too, and Doug did an insanely amazing good job at this, is when you're investigating or questioning somebody that you believe is giving a prepared statement, you have to get them to extrapolate on every little tiny detail you can mm-hmm. because it's not planned and they most likely won't remember it and they'll give you different information in a yeah. later time. Yep. So by effectively calling him out on every detail of his story, well, let's go there. Which one was it? Was it the one on center street? Was it over here? Was it at the checkout counter or was it in the aisle? Yeah. Like is, is incredibly good and if, becomes incredibly important later. Right. Yeah. I think if I was uh, Michael, I'd be like, why the fuck are you asking me all these right? questions? Right. Like, am I being interrogated right now? But he is so like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be on TV. Like yeah. he doesn't give a shit. So mm-hmm. he's like, yes, let's do this. I will tell you all the stories. I just, McDonald's. before we leave the house, yeah. I just want to say, I love Michael's insinuating that because there's plaid everywhere, it must be a woman's touch. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, like what? All right. It's kind of funny because yeah. my mom really loves plaid. That's really funny. <laughs> and we do have plaid in the house, my parents' house. And it's oh, just like, God. I don't know. He's like, there's just a bunch of plaid, plaid shit. shit everywhere. <laughs> So I think this is where I really started to not like Doug. Okay. Um, I wear plaid every day of my life. It's, you're wearing it's, it right uh, now. It is, plaid shit plaid on Plaid is, is incredibly important to me, and I don't really like it being disrespected. But that's your attire. That's not like accent fabrics and furniture in your True. Home. True. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know. but plaid is the accent of your body. I don't like that. Plaid is the, <laughs> plaid is the color of my energy. energy. Yeah. yeah. Plaid is the color <laughs> of my energy. Like plaid is the accent of your body. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, just a quick. Just quote. me naked on a bearskin rung <laughs> with a flannel on. <laughs> just nice. The flannel yeah. shirt just graciously cover your, cover yeah. your manhood. <laughs> We can cut this out. I work professional <laughs> casual can calendar coming out. <laughs> all Tim. Oh, uh, Lindsay and I will photograph that in a minute. God, <laughs> we should do a professional casual calendar. Um, <laughs> I. So to your point, Tim, we're going to every place. We're figuring stuff out. Now we make him go to the beach where he allegedly lost brought a, a magazine into the ocean and then lost it. And then threw his fucking towel away. Liar. I mean, <laughs> lies. So here's why I think that's true. Okay. Um, what type of man throws the magazine and the towel away if it gets a little wet? Someone who knows there's a million dollars coming. Okay. Just tossing it away. Okay. He can buy new ones. He's got a million dollars coming. Okay. 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 I can't argue that. That's actually something. All right. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, okay. I will say this. If I I poop myself and it gets on the towel, that towel is going in the garbage. Yeah, but that that seawater. I'm just just saying. Seawater and poop do not equal. Oh, that is a bullshit. Also, I I cloth diapered both of my children, so I'm not afraid of no poop. 
Oh, I am very much afraid of my own poop. You just shit <laughs> in the toilet if I, in the wash. No, <gasps> if I if I I don't get know if I can do that. Bit of poop and I don't have a dude wipe, not a sponsor on my fit, like in my pocket, it's game over. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not a good time yeah. for me. I okay. actually had to swish one of uh, Felix's poopy diapers right before we recorded this episode. If I don't have it, oh, no, no, I know he's too young. He goes at school. So this is oh, good. Okay. Anyway. All right. So yeah. I got did... something really good. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, dude wipes, not a sponsor. Uh, if I don't have a dude wipe and I am not at home and I poop, um, I take the toilet tank off the top because the toilet tank water is usually pretty clean water. Yeah, yeah. you just yeah. splash a little bit of that right in your butthole. Really? And then you get a paper towel. See, you're tall enough. Oh, I sit in it. When I say splash, I'm, you know, all right, getting you're, in there. You're borderline. Like, you're upper dunk- decker. My, I was just gonna say upper decker. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I'm just dunking, dunking my butt in the toilet tank. It's actually called the Dunkin' Donut. A lot of people don't know that. Is it? Yeah. That no. actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Give her the old Dunkin' Donut. Sometimes there's a makeup wipe or something you can use instead, but not always <laughs> there. Makeup wipes. I love They're makeup so wipes for your face. We uh-huh. did skip ahead, though. Uh, okay. When they ask him what he's going to do with the money. Oh, that's right. He talks about he's going to buy a boat and he's going to name it Ruthless Scandal. It's fucking stupid. <sighs> Almost as bad as calling it Ruthless Scoundrel. You look like. So oh, yeah, stupid. it is Ruthless Scoundrel, isn't it? What did I say? Ruthless scandal. Ah, but it is ruthless scoundrel. I am dyslexic. It's fine. Yay, Whatever. my okay. notes. <laughs> the dude looks like a goddamn elementary librarian, and you're going to name your boat Ruthless Scoundrel? He looks like my dad's guy for something yeah, that is yeah. not exciting. Yeah. It's like, oh, the Tax garage guy. door opener. No, not even something like no, that important, no. but like, oh, the garage door opener is like not working again. I got to bring it down to Mike Hoover at the garage door opener remote battery replacement center does he work at the same place as that guy from tiger king where he clearly had nothing in his store <laughs> whatever they just is. some Garrison. empty ceiling fan yeah. boxes yeah and a lemur <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh, who, okay who yeah. also looked like he smelled like baloney yeah he did yeah he did. yes yeah. He did. yeah okay just a side note my dad has a boat smells well my like parents baloney? and their yeah, boat we're name not is, allowed to touch it. You're so not allowed to knows. touch it. No, I'm not allowed to touch it. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, he called his rock finder because he kept hitting rocks with his propeller. Now, that's kind of funny. That's funny. Versus that's ruthless, ruthless scoundrel. Scoundrel. Give me a break. It's fucking stupid. Anyway. With okay. his plaid. Yes. We lived in an apartment once and the people that lived above us because we were like on a hill mm-hmm. um, had a sailboat named Taint Bad. <laughs> All right, I, that's good. They also sold heroin out of their garage sale that lasted for months at a time. Oh my god! Oh shit! Interesting. Wow. Okay. We would have done way better at our garage sale. Oh, I know. If we were selling, selling heroin, heroin? Shit. yeah. God damn it! <sighs> Next year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> let me get back to it. Okay. So while they're on the beach recreating, um. Mike's not believable story about a wet magazine. Um, he's hamming it up. Yeah, he's got, you know, check. Mike's got the check and he's wiggling around. And then some dr- drunk dude comes out of nowhere and steals the fake giant check. And so Doug's like, we can't lose it. It's evidence. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't. Is it really evidence? I don't think, I don't think it is. Evidence. Doug just wanted to tackle someone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like on the original film from yeah. like 2001 which is so incredible yeah it's at that moment like if i were a dude i would have gotten hard 
Okay. When he tackles the guy. All right. Getting that check, I was like, oh, yeah. And it's, he's so cute. Sorry, Dan. He's so cute in 2001. Uh, uh, yeah. Because Dan's going to listen to this and he's going to get mad at me. He's going to be like, what the fuck? Tim, cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were on the fuck me thing. So I know, on that right? one. <laughs> and I saw Doug tackle that and I was like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wish someone would pin me down on the beach like that. Right. Just start tackle. walking around with a million dollar fake check. Tackle me like a giant check. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, endorse me on the back. <laughs> okay. All right, we're like just at the end. Chuck's broken. Endorse. All right, we got to I don't want that one in there. Too bad. Okay. Um, okay. going to be the name of this episode. What? So endorse, endorse me? Endorse me on the back. Yeah. <laughs> It's a Doug gets the check back and the dude I just can't walks away. Yeah, like, like they don't like yeah. whatever. We don't want. I'll get it next time. Yeah, <laughs> I just saw all these zeros and I was like, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. That's what the guy, I yeah. guess the drunk guy said. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I guess. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I, I get it. I get. It. I've just dealt with so many drunk dickheads. Like, oh was like, I just wanted to fucking take it. I, no, I get you, man. Yeah, I, I, you're arrested now. Many a times I've lost. Uh, Signs outside of uh, like, yeah. like menu signs, mm-hmm. uh, cones just yeah, disappear. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, had a, we had a girl, I was working security at a place, and a girl took the flag that was like up on a huge pole in front of a hotel. And this other security guard was this Marine that's very no nonsense and normally drunk on the job, chases this girl the fuck down, starts like knife hand screaming at her. Wow. She's just like, it's my last day in school. I just crazy <laughs> wow you just broke her it was really funny oh my That's god awesome. knife hand i gotta use that more often just <laughs> um okay so now that the investigation is over they got all the information that they needed um did they say in the beginning that they were wiretapping mike's phones mm-hmm. okay well they're doing that yes and after they leave mike decides to call Jerome Jacobs. No. No? No, he calls that AJ guy. Oh, AJ. AJ Combs. The other Jerry. There's so many There's too many. Yeah. A lot of Jerry's. Okay, so he calls AJ, essentially confessing to the entire crime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Saying like, I did it. Oh, they believed it. I can't believe, you know, oh, look. I'm such a ruthless scoundrel. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, And so then we figure out that AJ works for Simon Marketing. Right? No. No? Eight Jerome? So, Who? Um, so what they figure out is that not only did a bunch of people call the same number that he called mm. afterwards, that they all had another number in common as well, which was registered to a Jerome Jacobs. Oh, that's okay. Who went I by missed that Jerry. Who went by Jerry. Okay. Who's the head of security? At Simon Marketing, the call's coming from inside the house! At Simon Marketing! Did you like that? I hope you guys like it. Yes. Yes, there we go. That's, so, I remember watching this episode, and it ended with that, just like, boom, Uncle Jerry is the head of security at Simon Marketing, and I was like, what? And then, the way that this show is, is it's just like, screen is black, goes to credits, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, 
Yeah. That's how that episode Oh, they ends? sopranoed every episode. Oh every, my single God. Yeah, every single one. And I was like, no, we can't know who it is already. There's five episodes left. This is bullshit. Right? And I was yeah. like, Wait, what? It was crazy. Yeah, it was left like, me wanting more. Yeah, exactly. So then I watched episode two. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about. As, as you do, you know. Next you episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, episode one. And that's okay. where, as we just talked about, the episode ends. Boom. Boom. Uncle Jerry, yep. head of security, Simon Marketing. Simon Marketing? Bob's your uncle. Yep. I do have an Uncle Bob. Oh, do you really? Oh, that's like a UK expression. Right? My dad, my dad's an uncle and his name is Bob. Oh. Um, so my dad is an uncle whose name is Bob. And so I am the only cousin in my family that doesn't have an Uncle Bob. Everyone else fucking gets one. <sighs> I mean, same yeah. here. Yeah. That's I know. You guys oh, should just you know like what? swap I do, start calling your dad Uncle Bob. We just call him Robert. His dad Uncle Bob. He's Uncle Robert. Like he doesn't like to be called Bob. Bobs who go by Robert are like, like not go by good William. people. Fair. Like actually, my my Uncle Robert's a pretty dope dude. He's all right. I mean, he comes out of nowhere. Every does he while. correct people on it though? My name's not Tim. It's Timothy. No. Don't call me Jim. My name is James. No. Don't call me Bob. My name is Robert. <laughs> oh, the the enunciation on the T is Robert. It's good. Yeah. Okay. My name's not Sarah. It's Sarah with an H. <sighs> I still get my name spelled wrong all the time, even at work when my name is in my email. Mm. Sarah. That's obnoxious. It's not fucking hard. <laughs> the H actually stands for hard. Ha. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the end of the episode. Right. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, we're yes. still doing the tiger. God damn it, Sarah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Why don't you go and check out all the other great shows that the Professional Casual Network has to offer, including season one of The Space Between Presents I Saw a Tiger, which follows the Netflix smash series Tiger King and details the acid-washed antics of Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, as well as others. This season, we're taking a deep, dark dive into the four-part Netflix docuseries Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Big Fiction Energy is our audio drama pod in which Tim, Danny, and myself tell the story of Lanny, the Girl Without Fear, a fantasy novel by Dan. A grim podcast of perilous adventure is the Professional Casual Network's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Actual Play podcast. We're playing through The Enemy Within, which is widely considered one of the best campaigns of any RPG. Join Dan as the GM as Danny, Tim, Alexander P. Nelson, and JB try to survive the perils of the old world. And if you needed more deep dives, also check out The Space Between, which is a discussion and review of the best games, comics, and nerd movies of today and yesteryear. We also have Elite Eight Showdown with high-octane host Big Chuck and his research team. Join him while he financially ruins his partner Tim and completes an eight-team tournament bracket that could be about anything and everything. Lastly, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, a totally real, totally fake advice show where we take questions and topics from you, our listeners, and do our best not to completely ruin your lives. Danny, where could people follow us or ask us questions for Professionally Asked, Casually Answered? I'm so glad you asked that, Tim. You can go ahead and email us questions. Our email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Instagram at theprofessionalcasual. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash professionalcasual. Twitter, we're at top tier casual. 
Our website is theprofessionalcasual.com. On Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash professionalcasual. And you can also check out Lindsay's Instagram at lindsayfphotography, where you can check out all of her great photos of abandoned places and events. What are some other things that people could find on our Patreon, Danny? They can find Sarah's doodles. They can find different vlogs. They can find lots of polls. I know Big Chuck's got a ton of stuff up there. It's all just a wild time. Extra bonus content, all of those things. 